0: Hello and welcome to Wise Children's Detention with me, Emma Rice. It's Sunday and it's been the hottest week ever in the UK. That's great if you happen to be relaxing on your summer holidays, but it's really hard work if you're trying to open your show in a brand new venue with no air conditioning. But we've done it. Mallory Towers is open and audiences are loving both it and our stunning venue. If I could get past the inevitable emotional dip of opening a show and the heat exhaustion, I couldn't be prouder. We've done all our notes, cleaned up our dances, polished our harmonies and tweaked lighting, sound and video moments till everything is as close to perfect as we can get it. In a few weeks, when we've all recovered and have a fresher perspective, we'll have more ideas and new ways to improve it, I'm sure. But there has to be a full stop. A moment when we all look at each other and say, it's done, for now at least. And Thursday was that day. The press were welcomed in and we danced till late with relief, joy, friendship and pride. So, what's left to talk about? When we started making these podcasts, I wanted to reveal the processes and the people that create the work alongside me. Yes, it's me that has the idea, and it's the cast who you see on stage, but a whole army of people have responsibility for delivering the show. With the passenger shed, suddenly we're not just delivering the show, but the venue as well. Working closely alongside me at Wise Children is executive producer Poppy Keeling, If you listened to last season, you'll have heard a little from her, but I wanted to take this moment for you to get to know Poppy and her role better. She really is the mind, mission and motor of Wise Children. We recorded this in the front entrance of the passenger shed on the morning of press night.
1: Who are you and what's your job? I am Poppy and I'm the executive producer at Wise Children. Um, We are at the front entrance of the
0: passenger shed where Poppy is manning the door. It's our press night, and I've just twisted my ankle, so I've got my leg elevated. So I'm a bit sorry for myself, Mm -hmm. because the one thing you don't want on a press night is a twisted ankle. And are you feeling sorry for yourself at all? I'm
1: I'm slightly sorry for myself, because it does feel a little like my job shouldn't be standing at the door in this... In this venue, just just being a big bouncer, basically. Oh look, there are some people turning up to try and buy their tickets now, so I'm just gonna go and talk to them.
0: Yes, we really were recording this podcast while we both ran the front desk. How,
1: from your point of view, did we end up
0: doing Mallory Towers at the passenger shed? When
1: we were thinking about doing Wise Children, you sort of wanted to explore um, going into a venue other than a normal theatre with, with our first show. And we talked to a few people, sort of artists and other theatre makers around the city. When, when When I first took on the job, I got in touch with lots of people and said, we're coming to Bristol, we're going to be here. Uh, what what might wise children do for the city and what might it mean for you? And several people said, we need more spaces to put work on. You know, we've got a fantastic theatre, we've got, we've got two fantastic theatres and, and lots of fantastic fringe venues and, and loads of stuff going on. But actually, we need another big theatre. Um, and I thought that was quite an interesting thing to hear from people around the city. And obviously, you know, we knew we couldn't do that in in our first year but so it sort of became part of the conversations about wise children was it going to go into a theater or was it going to go somewhere else and so we started looking around the city for places that might be possible to put the show and quite quickly came someone said the passenger shed have you seen the passenger shed and we came to look at it and came to look at it in probably in january or early 2018 i think and it was freezing absolutely freezing and we kind of came in and walked around and went oh my god it's absolutely beautiful it's so dramatic it's a bit scary could we do it and we talked about it for a bit and then we decided that wise children although we like the idea of going into a non-theatre space to make a statement with our first show wise children is actually all about the theater uh, you know it, it's set in a theater it's about theater animals and suddenly it sort of just seemed a bit stupid not to put that show into a theater um and so we kind of accepted that
0: some of our most trusted colleagues said, this is yeah. all very well and good, <laughs> but why are you
1: making a show why about would the theatre? build a theatre in, a, in, a, in really? the, Yeah, we sort of let that one go. And, and But obviously, the passenger shed was still in our minds because it is a beautiful space. It's so dramatic. You come in and you just kind of go, oh, this is amazing.
0: It's got a big wow factor, hasn't it, the yeah. minute you walk
1: in? Yeah. And then we were talking about what our second show was going to be like and, and we were putting together a, a kind of tour plan and the tour plan felt kind of a bit like the Wise Children tour plan and that's great in some ways because part of our plans is to build up relationships with theatres and and audiences around the country but also we wanted to do something different and we wanted to make a big event for Bristol Um, and there were sort of various, various reasons why it wasn't why other venues didn't quite work out, didn't quite feel perfect, so we just wanted to do something different and bold and make a splash and suddenly we thought of the passenger shed again and then we came back to look at it and the minute we came back in, you went, oh, it looks like a school hall and it does, it is an old railway station but it does also look like a grand old school hall Um, and then our designer came in and he looked at it and got absolutely inspired and started fitting his design into the shape of the building and it all just sort of went from there. <laughs>
0: and it all felt like a really good idea at the time didn't it because also because of my time at NEHI I'd done a lot of site-specific work and found spaces and there is a buzz that the audience gets yeah. and I felt for a, for a family show in the school holidays people don't really want to go into a hot theatre yeah. to go somewhere a bit exciting felt like really being yeah. really clever. Yeah. However, it wasn't that simple, was it, Poppy? <laughs> How long have we got? But
1: what, tell, just describe some of your top five obstacles that we've what hit. Kind of the <laughs> first one would probably be the fact that this building has been owned and managed by lots of different people over the years. And over the years, it's sort of... Lots of paperwork about it. it's been lost. Lots of knowledge about it. it's been lost. And so it turned out quite late on in the process um, that we didn't really know whether the floor was actually safe to take the huge installation you know the massive seating rake and the truss and the stage and the 400 people that we were planning to To bring in, and we sort of thought it probably was because it looks like it is, but we couldn't find any paperwork that said it was, and that was an absolute shocker because at some yeah at some point we were sort of considering whether we were going to have to get surveyors in to survey this you know ancient building which we and vast expense that would have been. That's a massive obstacle. That is a massive obstacle.
0: And just to paint a picture for those listening, so the passenger shed um, was a, a. a place that trains came into with platforms on either side and what became clear is that the platform sides are load-bearing but there's a centre bit where the train would have been that we didn't know was load-bearing and when you're getting... Nobody seemed to know. Nobody knows. It's a massive obstacle.
1: Yes, and I will make probably make your hair stand on end when I say that we only got the certificate so actually eventually someone did dig out the right certificate it did turn out to be out of date so it had to be renewed so then of course we were just like and and, and the time is ticking you know the weird thing about making theatre is that you put the show on sale and then leave it on sale for a bit and then and then you, you know you, you go into rehearsals four weeks before it actually opens so the, the clock is constantly ticking um, and so the sort of horrifying bit was that we actually only got the sign off on the floor 2 weeks before we loaded in I may even have been one I don't think I did know that oh, no, I know I not think that Oh told you, Poppy but that was Absolutely terrifying. Um,
0: And the knock-ons to that are huge as well, because because of the structural work, we couldn't really sign off the seating structure, which meant we couldn't do um, numbered seats, because we didn't know
1: how many seats there'd be or where they'd be. I would say within those top five obstacles, or massive headaches, this is so boring, but it's the fact that we had to put the seats on sale as unreserved seats, and everybody just hates unreserved seats. Audiences get stressed about turning up in time and getting a good seat, it's really hard for front of house to manage. half a box office to manage you can't work out anyone who needs access help you can't get them into a good seat um, and it just adds loads of kind of complications no and stress we? but we had no choice well it was either don't put the seats on sale until a month before or or get them out unreserved so we went for it and actually we're i think we're managing it okay well the seating structure is brilliant and actually the seats are all gorgeous so one There's of my not a bad seats i spend system. my whole time the hour before the show when everyone's getting into the bar and starting to look at like trying to get their seats i spend a lot of time telling everyone how great the view is from every seat
0: and i watch from the back row and it's fantastic yeah it's lovely
1: it's, it's really lovely fantastic
0: but people don't know that oh there's a bit of a sound check going on um i'm gonna pick so we've done two obstacles i can't yeah. believe this is the
1: the podcast about obstacles i'm gonna choose the third yeah. which is the unprecedented heat wave yes the unprecedented heat wave we've also got the what i think is deeply unfair from the universe is that it was thirty degrees on Tuesday. Then it went down to about twenty-four yesterday, and t- tonight our press night's going up to thirty-one, and then tomorrow it goes down to twenty-two, which I think is just really unfair. Um, and and so, we've got two shows today. And we've got two shows today, so we're going to be tur- turning off the aircon, turning on the insane amount of lights that we've got on stage, um, and really heating the building up just before we have an, for a matinee show and then for an evening. My, um, my, I, I was trying to, I was thinking through what my big anxieties for today are and my biggest anxiety is that someone faints halfway through press night and we have to stop the show. That's what I don't want to happen.
0: Well, I've got a lot of experience of fainting from the globe. (laughs) But it is exciting. I have to say I've had lots of dark nights of the soul because I feel that I forgot that we're a startup company. That um, because... I'm the age I am and I've worked for the companies and the organisations that I have that my can-do ap- attitude was absolutely we can do it and we can without a doubt and we have, and we have but we are only, we're not even a year and a half old so yeah. in terms of the depth of our knowledge and the depth of our expertise I think it was a really ambitious sense.
1: I, I think that's true I think um I think that was a point at which we realised that we would have to run the whole of the front of house ourselves and that that was going to be a whole bit that we had to manage as well as building the front of house. So we, you know, we built the stage, we built the truss that the lights are on, we built the seating rake, we built the bar, we built the box office and we're also staffing all those things, which of course is something that you don't normally do when you go into a theatre, you get all that. Um, and you just don't think about it. You, you make your show and then there are bits where you interface with the front of house and you might need to get them to do something slightly different for your show. But essentially it's a it's a you know crack team that's running perfectly and you don't have to think about it. And I think the point at which it became apparent that we were gonna be doing that front of house running because I think at first I thought we might get someone else, we might be able to get someone else to do that for us. Um, and then that didn't happen. And I think at that point maybe I should have gone, ah, we can't do this only because, well, the, the sad thing is that it's meant for me that I've paid less attention to the show than I normally do. Normally, I know much more about what the sh- what's happening with the show and what's happening with the show team. And that's my primary concern. And in this instance, my primary concern has been, uh, you know, front of house, what's happening out here? Will the seating How fall down? down? Will the seating fall down? <laughs> We oh, haven't even mentioned you, toilets yet. We haven't mentioned toilets. The toilets, I think, are going all right, though. <laughs> toilets are pretty good. Um, no. I. I- have to say though, I was locking up, I mean this is the only thing I'm doing, I'm like locking up the venue at the end of the night, I'm turning, everyone's giving me cue sheets for like how you turn the lighting desk off and how you turn the sound desk off and a bit of me is like, I don't need to know this but I do um, and I was locking up last night with our lovely assistant producer Ginny and you do get a sort of little bubble of excitement when you're going around with a torch turning off all the lights in your own venue and it is pretty cool and it, you know, it has been stressful and uh i've learned a huge amount in fact everybody's already saying so you're going to come back and do it again next year and three weeks ago i'd have been like absolutely no way are you kidding me and now i'm a bit like well i mean we know all this stuff now we've done all the hard work so maybe we should um but and like I, you say when you watch people's faces when they yeah, walk in
0: it is and it's a great theater we've built it is great i can't believe i'm even raising my eyebrows we're terrible yeah. poppy keeling yeah yeah but it's really fun and we have done the hard work um, come on, we've done three. I want two more obstacles, and then I'm going to ask you what your lowest point is, was.
1: <laughs> well, I can't think of any other, like, massive obstacles. I mean, money, which is, which is sort of sad and depressing. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm going to jump in on that one, because
0: with all the risks that came with taking on this venue, you wanted to have a much bigger capacity of yes. audience, which I was always against, artistically. Yes, oh, you were absolutely
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god if we were managing 600 people in here i would be so so stressed 400 people last night we were full last night and it felt i was a bit like oh my god are all the systems going to work they all worked if there were 600 <sighs>
0: I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm doing a little mini lap of on and out if My ankle wasn't twisted because because we have fallen out about not fallen out, but you know we've had lots oh, yeah, of discussions yeah. about capacity. Because had um, we made it to 600, the budget would have yeah. the potential income would have meant that the budget would be much easier. Yes. But the fact we're at 400, which is the right capacity, yeah. means that we are very very tight because those 400 tickets are not only what we hope is financially achievable for the Bristol public, and they get good value for their money, but it has to cover everything, like you say, from the bar to the changing rooms to the
1: toilets yeah. to everything. Yeah, and, and um, I guess my, you know, initially I was thinking about it as a as an Excel spreadsheet. How many people do you need to get in to potentially be able to cover your costs? Um, or cover them, in, you know, including the kind of subsidy that we get and the other support that we get, what, what makes it add up? And that was, well, it was 700. And then we managed 700 people, which we sort of knew immediately was, was too many. But, that, but at 600 people, we managed to cut a few costs, get in a 600, imagine a 600 seat capacity. And that gave us, the, gave us a sort of reasonable uh, bottom line. And as it slowly became apparent that, in fact, not, not only creative for, for your, your feeling about the space as a creative space, but also for the literal capacity of the, of the load that the floor could bear and the height that the rate could get to with the, with the particular ceiling that we've got here, um, and it became apparent that 400 really was going to be the top, that meant our budget, being a sensible budget, went out the window, and we have we're investing everything we've got in making it work and every now and then I I get a bit scared that we're going to have to cut our salaries or something by October. But um, I think we're just... Worst things have happened. Yeah, Mm worst things have happened, exactly. And I think think we're just about going to make it work. We're certainly not going to be making any money. Which is
0: ultimately, sorry, but it's not... I've never... I'm the worst business person in the world. I've never done it to make money. And I am on the edge, I mean, it fe- it's felt really nerve-wracking. So I can't say I'm relaxed enough to be proud, but I am excited. And I do think we've done something really special in the absolute heart of Bristol that feels really democratic. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's open to everybody physically and metaphorically and for families and spiritually and it does you come in and you gasp and it feels like a secret bit of bristol that everybody can find and i'm really on the edge of
1: pride if we can get through today in the heat wave i'm I'm on the edge of pride yeah me too and i and i have been really pleased with with the audience reactions um people saying uh, what, what did that woman say to us last night? This venue's amazing, can't you keep it forever? <laughs> and we've got a big... Our um, uh, the, the front of house is very open and very big. And we've got a big... Gaffer tape, hopscotch core in the middle of it, or hopscotch board, uh, um, and there are just kids running on it and jumping and doing hopscotch. And then we've got a little stage that they keep running on, and we've got blackboards with chalk that they're drawing. Blackboards on. are the big hit on it. They? Yeah, and we've got that. We've got. The kids and Modern kids don't have blackboards, so it's a it's a new thing. And it? also, the modern kids don't don't get told to run around a theatre you know they come to the theatre and they're not just running around the foyer grabbing things and playing with things because there's not usually enough space or scope for that and it it feels like a sort of giant theatre playground that we've made in here
0: I'm gonna you're you're gonna be thinking about your lowest moment and I'm going to I'm gonna come in with the fifth obstacle Mm -hmm. which is that uh, we didn't double staff we had the same production manager yes. running yes. the um, show and running the venue yes. and all the staff what well, we are having some people coming in but all the staff have had their usual job descriptions Plus. added to
1: yes yeah you're absolutely right that is the other big obstacle and that's really just financial but actually then you're you're sort of overworking people because you can't for more people and that's
0: You're cashing in all your goodwill is what i feel. Yes. And then you have a heat wave on top of that. Yeah. And everybody's working in terrible conditions is the yes. is the truth of it, that you're really pushing you all your luck out? Yeah, absolutely, because everybody is giving their goodwill. Yeah. So the obstacle is being cleared on a not only a daily basis, but a sort of minute by minute basis.
1: Yeah. And that is I think that's one of the reasons why I feel like I need to be here all the time, and it's okay for me to be manning the door and locking up at the end of the night because I want, you know, the, I think the only thing that we can do as as the bosses is it needs to be really clear that we are also in here. it. We're in it. We're working as hard as everybody else. We're doing it too. That that we we're bringing the goodwill as well. Um, but yeah, I I, f- I do feel guilty about that sometimes. I. Uh, our, our amazing production manager who, who did Wise Children with us and then who's done this and who production managed the venue and the show. I think she might have been pushed to the edge slightly. I'm, you know. I, th- I
0: think there was a line and we, it was crossed. But the show's lovely, the team is lovely. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not business people on that level. We wanted no. to make an event that was open to everybody and I think everybody's really bought into that. yeah. But I think that has been I've yeah. watched everybody sort of with my jaw on the floor thinking, "Oh my God, this is a big ass, but the spirit is fan- is willing, and the spirit the spirit the spirit, <laughs> the spirit is spirit fantastic is as well, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I mean it does make me a bit uncomfortable because I think there is a I think there's a tendency in the arts for people to you know because we're so passionate about it, because we do it because we love it, mm. that seems to be a kind of therefore it's okay to Either let let yourself be overworked by other people, or, or overwork yourself. And um, and I think that sort of attitude is is slightly sort of sentimentalised in the arts, or, or dodgy like is the word <laughs> it. well, it's dodgy. But also we give it a kind of a bit of a yeah. we give it a bit of glamour, like oh yeah, well you know I love my job, so I just I work I work all hours and I I'll do anything mm. and and. that's great sometimes because it is great to love your job but it's not great forever and And it's not great as employers which is not great as employers and and it needs to be balanced Mm. with yeah and i think it
0: is i mean i think you know i'm immediately backpedaling but you know we are careful with people and um we take uh, the care of our staff very carefully but i think the heat wave is the thing that's tripped me up yeah Literally. I'm 51. I can't go with this heat. <laughs> that's what I keep saying when people keep saying their heart. I keep saying, try being a woman who's 51 and being this hot.
1: Oh. Well, at least at least that's not anything we could have done anything about. No. What, me being 51? You being 51. I'm the heat wave. <laughs> um, so, come on, lowest point.
0: I, I don't know. Because it's all been... Okay. Have you cried? Oh God, yeah. Come on,
1: describe one of the moments you cried. I can't. I can't think of just one. Um, I think the I think the lowest point was probably waiting for that that floor survey and knowing that if it didn't if it didn't come off. And you know everybody was saying it's going to be fine it's going to be fine and me being like yeah it's all very well for you to say it's going to be fine but actually there is still a possibility that it isn't going to be fine and in that case we are loading into this venue in two weeks we've got a show going on in three weeks and if it isn't fine what do we do um and i you know there there was a point where we were We're like yeah we would have cancelled the show and there was a point where we were, were contingency planning for how to deal with things like having being not able to get into the venue when the venue was looking tricky sort of slightly earlier on um we were all talking about where do we get a tent from what other venue would we go into bristol or vic kind of amazingly said we might be able to reschedule the maintenance that we do over august and get you in for a couple of we-. you know so lots of people were kind of offering things and we were thinking through them none of them felt that realistic to me i was sort of going through the motions of contingency planning and sort of thinking yeah but these these are these are probably pretty unlikely to, to work um but by the time we got to that final floor survey it had all just sort of dragged out and dragged out and we discovered more little bits and more little bits that were difficult so we would be on the point of contingency planning and waiting for a result which would either mean yes it's all going ahead or no you're absolutely up the spout it's not <laughs> happening cancel your second show waste i mean how much money would we have wasted at that point point? and that i think that was my lowest moment because i think i i would have felt like i'd absolutely destroyed wise children in its first 18 <laughs> months. Well you wouldn't have done,
0: but <laughs> yeah, it was, well, well done I've for that. avoiding that. Yeah. Um, and come on, highest points. So far, remember we haven't even hit press yet, so yeah. we're still in previews, high, high points. Oh, there's been
1: lots of high points over the last couple of weeks actually. Um, Getting in for our induction was just really exciting. Was <laughs> um, such a loser. Um, I think it was. Oh no! A lovely, really another really lovely moment was having all the cast and people who hadn't seen the venue while we were building. So, so by the time we were kind of a couple of weeks in, um, you know, I got kind of uh, I'd got kind of used to what the space looked like I wasn't excited you know I wasn't particularly excited about it anymore and was just coming in every day and being like oh look there's another thing gone up and uh, the first day that the cast came in and they hadn't seen it at all and first they just came in and just saw the festoons and the wise Children sign and the bar lit up and they just all kind of gasped and got all fluttery and then they walked down by the side of the seating rake to look at the set which is so gorgeous and just all kind of went fell over themselves about how amazing it looked and at that point I thought yes if that is the reaction that we're going to get from people who haven't seen it it's all going to be all right. My favourite moment was uh, another of Poppy's great ideas.
0: We've got a notice board on the way in, which has got lots of postcards um, pinned up, but you pull them down and there's a lovely post box that you can post any comments in. And on the very first preview, there were no cards left um, to give away. And we opened the post box and they just flowed out with wonderful best wishes. And you think this is why you do it.
1: And I really like the people who've come and you can tell all the generations have read the books. Um, so we've got, in front of our blackboards, we've got some of the desks from the shows set up with notebooks and paper and pencils and, and you can sit at the, at the old-fashioned school desks and look at the blackboard and, and lots of kids have been writing in books, but also lots of mums have just been sitting down there holding their Mallory Towers books, having their photos taken. <laughs> just really great. Yeah. So, I need a new ice pack. Yes. Yes.
0: I don't know what you're doing to here, you've got front the of ours to run. Um, but thank you, Poppy, and I do think you're quite extraordinary. I do think it's amazing what you've pulled off, and I've had more doubts than I've had in a very long time, and you've calmed me and walked me through
1: it. And, and you've done a wonderful job, because in the midst of chaos and panic and uncertainty, you've pulled off another fantastic show which I had no doubt you were going to do, but um, I've paid you very little attention while you did it, and it's really, really brilliant.
0: Me, talking with Wise Children's Poppy Keeling, our brilliant exec producer and the mastermind of the passenger shed. Her energy and passion blow my mind, and I count my lucky stars every day that I have her by my side. Back at Mallory Towers, the girls are tasked with the end-of-term play, and they have chosen a Midsummer Night's Dream... Sally Hope has taken on the role of producer and is driving everyone mad. So, in honour of Poppy and all those producers out there, here's an exclusive clip of the moment Irene and the rest of the girls take Sally in hand and try and calm her down. Hush! shutters, I will still see the sky. You can tell me to sit, but I will stray. You can tell me you love me, but my wings are still clipped. You can promise the world, but I'm still not.
1: trying to force something to happen that I didn't realize it was flowering slowly under my very nose well you have been a bit of a monster no wonder I kept shouting you're all so talented
0: I thought I had to push everyone around to get noticed I quite like being pushed around I don't Sally I need space to hear my own thoughts and to create my music I hate being bossed around I'm naughty, yes, but I always get the job done in my own way. I'll stay away from now on and let you get on with the show. I resign as producer. Sally, No. no! Your talent is to keep us all on track. Gently
1: on track. You only really get the thrill of surprise when you wander off the path. And you can only wander freely when you know someone is watching over you
0: and keeping you safe. And that's you, Sally. Without you, we'd have lost our way weeks ago. And that's not a joke. We need you, Sal. I thought I'd feel alone forever.
1: You're not alone, Sally. And you never will be. We're your family now. What do you say, Irene? Do you forgive me? Or Go on, Irene.
0: I think she's learned her lesson. And she can keep shouting at me, I don't mind at all. Go on, Irene. Give Sal another chance. All right. But only one more chance, do you hear? If you start all of that nonsense again, I'll have to lock you in the room and play you Mozart until you understand beauty and freedom. A brilliant cast performing Hush Now Sally, written by Ian Ross, with lyrics by me, an anthem for producers everywhere. So that's it for this series. Well, for now, anyway. But don't worry, we'll be back as soon as Mallory Towers hits the road, Wise Children the movie comes out, and we start planning our next adventure. Until then, bye. back to school this summer with Enid Blyton's Mallory Towers, live on stage at the Passenger Shed Bristol. Join Daryl, Mary Lou and friends for midnight feasts and thrilling adventures as they discover what the world has in store for them. The new show from director Emma Rice and the creators of Wise Children and Brief Encounter, Mallory Towers, is at the Passenger Shed, right next to Bristol Temple Mead Station from the 19th of July. Book now at bristololdvic.org.uk